so why you tell me that Barda is in this? Because now you know I got to go buy. I know you want it now. Exactly. (laughs) Why would you do that? Why would you? I know you want some Barda. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, things don't really go that well for Barda (laughs) in this. (laughs) Never mind. Everybody, welcome back to another relaunch. This is LZ. Hey y'all, it's Keenan. What's up? How are you, Keenan? I'm okay. You know, we just got a new president and a new vice yes. president. Yes. So that was very exciting. Shout out to that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. DC still kind of looks like still looks like a war zone a little bit, but you know, I do feel like the air is a little bit lighter now that's good that's good um it's still kind of wild out here in la with like covid and everything so i've been keeping my ass in the house (laughs) you know um and reading these comics so let's get right on into it um first up is a future state the next batman number two now did you read this i did read this yes okay good i read this as well this was it had two backup stories in it uh with batgirls and gotham city sirens and this was written by john ridley with art by laura braga and i have to say that i think this is my favorite batman costume i I really like i really really like this look is it because the mouth is covered yeah i really like them the covered mouth (laughs) (laughs) i think that's really slick and i think the um the like the small like yellow uh like adornments on it are really cool i think that kind of makes the costume pop mm-hmm. um but i think i have to say that i don't care about batman as much anymore even when he black <laughs> which like okay. i care more about probably the 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 parts of the story when he's like being his own person and we get to actually see more of uh of fox or whatever so we get to see him but the parts where he's Batman and he's like, you know, kicking down gang members and doing all that kind of stuff, I really just have a hard time it's caring just anymore. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's just like, it's all right. More Batman. <laughs> and I understand yeah, I that, that, like, I think it's because they have been really, really, really like tapping into the well of Batman. <laughs> I understand that DC stands for Detective Comics, but damn, like, yeah. can we get somebody else other than Batman? Yeah, it's it's around that time. It's just a little like I don't know. I don't know if we got to leave Gotham completely. Just set it to the side, put it in some rice for a little bit. I'm a little tapped out. Yeah, I'm a little over it. But I mean, the story was you know the typical Batman story. He is trying to track down um, these gang members, and um, you later find out like some things that happened with his. I believe that's his, his mother is she's also like trying to hunt down the Batman. And obviously she doesn't know that like his son is Batman. Um, yeah. So you kind of get a little bit of that. Um, something went on with his sister. We still haven't really learned what happened with that. Um, so I'm not really sure what's going on there. Uh, what did you think about the story? I thought it was fine. I've So I've kind of like come to this point with the future state stories where I don't really I'm like paying attention to what's going on, but it also doesn't really feel relevant to anything just because, again, I've seen some solicitations for what's going on next month. And this is kind of what I, I guess, had a little walked in cautiously optimistic 
into this whole event going was DC is really good at announcing stuff and making it seem very exciting and like this is whole new thing and then you kind of get into it and it's fine or it's good but then nothing really comes about it and so we know we have these two months and of course we know that some books will return some of the creative teams will return but they won't be in the same capacity so it's like yes this story is fine and enjoyable but when we get back to these characters in the present day or whatever time they're supposed to be in it's going to be a completely different type of story that we get for them now so it this this feels like an elseworlds to me and so it's like oh okay yeah i'm into it it's enjoyable but it's an elseworlds yeah it gets a little hard to get fully into because you don't feel like anything is having any kind of like lasting effect from these future state books um yeah some of them are are have great writing and others have great art but like overall you're like okay well this was fun, but we know it's not even really going to be around too long since next month we're all starting the whole thing fresh over again. So, yeah. yeah. And so, it, like, if you want to use it as a showcase for your new writers and your new artists or, like, people you're trying to elevate, like, absolutely. Like, this knocks it out of the park because some of these books are just, like, killing it, and especially the art side. Like, killing it in that regard. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the, the second story in it was the Gotham... I'm sorry, not the Gotham City side. This was a Batgirls, actually. And I wasn't sure if I liked this because I wanted a little bit more of... <laughs> yeah, I wanted a little bit more of the of the character. So it was about Steph Brown being in jail and uh, Cassie gets thrown in there as well. And she can talk and she can... She yeah. also has this, like, grudge against steph because i guess steph like turned on all of them but she didn't know that she was like deep undercover or whatever i don't know i wasn't really like into this as much as i wanted to be i thought that this was going to be like kind of a fun um seeing them kind of kick ass again and even if it wasn't going to be like lighthearted and fun i guess i wanted to see more of stephanie brown and cassie and see them actually be them instead of these like prisoners you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't really too sold on on this one. Uh, and this was, um, you see, the oh, this was done by Vita Ayala, and the art was by Anika, I believe that's how you pronounce the name. Apologies if oh, I Vita did this story. Yeah, Vita Ayala oh. did this story for this. They, you know, we know them from the New Mutants stuff, which I've been enjoying over there. But this yeah. one wasn't really hitting the way that the New Mutants story did for me, or that that storm tie-in during X of Swords. Yeah, I was about to say, I've enjoyed a couple of things that Vita wrote. They did Prisoner X Mini, like you said, The Storm. Yeah, um, I like the Prisoner X Mini. They even helped on like an Aquaman special a few months back. Um, that's surprising. I know. Maybe it, may, yeah. it, maybe it's just also with like with the setting of this. Like again, it's kind of like Elseworlds. We were kind of going and expecting to see like staff and cast that we know, and like this is just not that. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It could also be like maybe they just were kind of thrown into this to kind of fill in for the future state story because it's it's the backup story or whatever. Um, yeah, you know <laughs> that's kind of how it feels. <laughs> maybe if they were given like an actual you know Batgirl run, oh, that's a good idea. Ooh, okay, all right. <laughs> maybe they were given the like. Yes. Ooh, maybe I could do. You know what? I'm gonna write that down. But <laughs> maybe if they were given like an actual Batgirl book, it would be a little bit better than what we were getting in this. Um, there are a lot of cameos from different people all throughout the the jail. You know, villains that we've all seen before. 
um, you know, you see Steph and Cass fight each other, but like, I don't know. It was just a, a, a whatever kind of story for me. It wasn't hitting like I wanted it to. Agreed. And then the last story, I won't even lie, I didn't like at all. <laughs> it was the Gotham City Sirens backup story in this book. And it was um, written by Paula Sevenbergen. And it was drawn by Emanuela uh, Lepacino. I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. Um, yes. And I was not the biggest fan. <laughs> like, no, I, again, like, no, this again, like, I just... Maybe it's, again, I'm just not into Gotham right now. I'm kind of over it, but it's just, it did not move me at all. No, it felt, it felt super corny. Like the random trying to relate with these like movie pickup lines from this DD robot, which I feel like most readers probably know the DD thing from um, like Batman Beyond and, yeah. uh, and remember them from that. But I don't know. Even Ivy's characterization was weird. I just thought the whole thing was just, random it felt more like a random dc movie <laughs> and take that how you will <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so uh next up on the list was uh future state nightwing number one now did you read this so i thought about picking it up because you know i know okay. you and a couple of other folks really sing nightwing's praises yeah, but I forgot to put it on my pull list, so I didn't read it. Now, see, <laughs> <laughs> see, you're supposed to support Nightwing, <laughs> okay? And I did. I got this book. I actually really liked this story a lot. It was written by um, Andrew Constant with the art by Nicola Scott, who she's done Nightwing stuff before. Um, yeah, you know the infamous butt picture that everybody posts whenever they talk about Nightwing, and this was again, you see these like magistrate robot signal kind of things they are looking for Nightwing. Um, he comes and he's helping out this couple who is the woman is pregnant and they're being like harassed by these magistrate robots. He um, beats up the robots and the women, I'm sorry, the woman and the husband is like, oh, thank you so much. We appreciate the help. And he's like, no, you're not right. And he starts beating them up because of course they were actually magistrate people like in disguise. I mean, he knew that they weren't actually <laughs> like, here to thank him or whatever. He takes them down and then he realizes that the, the magistrate is just never going to end. You find out that he has actually been holding himself up in Arkham Asylum because he thinks that where they're not going to look for him there. Um, so he's he keeps himself in Arkham Asylum. Um, one thing about Nightwing is he will fight you in a towel. <laughs> and of course, there is a, a shower scene. And then he um, puts the towel on. He's like, oh, my gosh, someone's here. And he gets to fighting somebody in a towel. And uh, it turns out that it is uh, Batman. But the next Batman that we see before. Um, he kind of oh, comes okay. over. He's like, "Hey, I will help you out." Nightwing ends up um, locking him up because, of course, he's a much better fighter than this uh, new Batman. And uh, the Batman says, "You know, I want to help you. Like, I want to help you be take this magistrate thing down." And earlier in the issue, Nightwing got shot, and um, turns out there was a tracker in the bullet. But Nightwing knew that because he is like forget all of this i'm over running from everything i'm just gonna let them come to me and i'm ready to take everybody down so the next issue is going to be a 
Batman Nightwing team up versus uh, the remaining magistrate that's in Gotham. So this was a really fun Nightwing story. Um, again, it kind of feels like what you were saying before, where the artist really gets to showcase what they're doing because we know that the story um, doesn't have too much weight because of the state of future state and everything that's going on afterwards. But everyone here kind of gets to showcase what they were brought on to do. And the art was amazing. Um, the writing was pretty good. You really get into Nightwing's head and where he is as far as uh, Bruce being gone. You know, he feels remorse and probably guilt for that because that was always like his mentor and father figure. And you you really get a sense of like where Dick Grayson is and where Nightwing is in this. And I really enjoyed the issue. Okay. Um, is this one of those ones that you feel like there might be some things that get taken back to his story, like post-Future State? Um. I think probably post future state, he may, if they are continuing on with this next Batman thing, which I think they are, he, I could see him trying to maybe like mentor this next Batman and be like, you know, okay. instead of Batman trying to come to him and say, Hey, I can help you out. He will go to this next Batman and say, Hey, I know that you're probably going to fumble sometimes, but I'm here for you the same way that he would have been there for, for Bruce. Okay. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. So I definitely recommend it, y'all. Go check that out. Um, next up is Future State Immortal Wonder Woman, number one. Now, did you read this? No. You know, it's... You don't see it for Diana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about probably when it goes to the DC Infinite streaming Oh yeah, streaming app. Um, I'll probably which they just it. launched recently. Yeah, um, I actually a got few my, days ago. You know, I think like I was about to say a couple of days ago, saying like it's official, like it's here. Um, when it gets on that app, I'll probably go back and read the thing because this one had the Nubia story, correct? It did. Yes, it had a, a Nubia backup story in it, and yeah, um, I was interested in that. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. So it, this one kicks off though with the immortal uh, Wonder Woman story, and Wonder Woman's in the future. She knows she's got her rogue white streak <laughs> in her hair. Um, this was written by uh, Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad, and the art was by Jen Bartell. Now, I know people have probably seen Jen do a lot of exteriors and these covers. really, really cool covers. Yeah, but this is my first time actually ever seeing her doing interiors for a book, mm -hmm. and it was just as beautiful. Like, I know sometimes okay. some artists don't really translate well when they go from, you know, cover to interior, yeah. but... This was really, really beautiful. Um, the the colors in it are just, I mean, wow. <laughs> um, if if you've seen her covers, it was the same type of precision with the colors and the way that everything kind of blends together and looks very like ethereal. Um, it was really great. I I enjoyed the story. You see, uh, Dark Side is in it, and so is Barda. Um. I, I love when when things are kind of crashing down upon the multiverse, or at least when it's happening on Earth, out in space, things haven't happened there yet. So then like they can kind of react to it. And Barda is like, you know, Darkseid, this is coming here. We got to like stop all of this. And he does not give a fuck. <laughs> he really doesn't so care. Why, so why are you telling me that Barda is in this? Because now you know I got to go buy it. I know you want it now. Exactly. So like, why would you do that? Why would I know you, you want that? some Barda. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, things don't really go that well for Barda <laughs> in oh, this. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, things don't really go too well for her on this um, because Apocalypse ends up being like destroyed. <laughs> and only thing that survives is Darkseid. And he feels like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go to Earth and figure things out because, of course, things always happen on Earth. And um, we don't know what has been causing all this stuff to go on, but Themyscira is still around, but Earth is like decayed or like dying or something like that. And Swamp Thing is there. He's trying to keep things alive. Um, there's still a big mystery there, but most of the Amazons, they want to fight to the end. And uh, Diana does like, you know, maybe there's another way for us to figure out because we don't want to, we don't have to die uh, for us to figure out how to come up with the end of this. Because if we do fight this, we're probably going to die. But of course, the Amazons are like, no, we are picking up our swords and taking it to whoever's trying to, to end all this. Um, Dark side, of course, makes it to Earth. Wonder Woman and Darkseid have this big fallout fight. Superman appears. I don't know where he's been, but he's like older now or something. I don't know what's going on with that. And when they meet each other, Superman and Darkseid, of course, uh, Darkseid is like, of course, when it's time for the end of the world, you're here. <laughs> of course, I would expect you nothing else but to see you. Who um, else? Exactly. But Father Death himself. Exactly. Uh, Darkseid ends up, you know, kind of, taking on the Amazons and then Wonder Woman. Um, and then the the story kind of ends. So we get to wait and see what happens next, whether Wonder Woman is either able to like take on Darkseid by herself with the help of Superman or what. Um, earlier in the issue, she went to Batman's cave and kind of took his uh, utility belt. And she has like, she has a Green Lantern ring around her neck. I don't, I don't know if she can actually wield it, but it seems like she's been kind of keeping her friends the things that were very important to them or that they were a part of them close to her so that she always has the memory with her or something like that. So right. uh, that was kind of cool to see, but I think I'm definitely going to tune in for the next issue to see what's up with Wonder Woman and see if she can get out of this. If anything, the art is beautiful. So I'm uh, definitely in for that. Now they have a backup Nubia story. I'm sorry, Nubia story, which was written by LL McKinney and the art was um, Athea Martinez. And I have to say, I love Nubia's hair in this. <laughs> it's like, <Okay. laughs> I love it. She's got this like big, like kind of Afro, but it's like long. I love it. And um, I do also really enjoy the design. I am one that has not really been into Nubia that much, mostly because I feel like, I feel like she was feeling like a, here, guys, shut up. We made this Black character for you, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh -huh. Instead of them actually investing time in her and giving her her own stories, it it kind of felt like, all right, y'all, y'all want a Black character. Here's a Black Wonder Woman. And then that's kind of where it ends. Um, but here, with this backup story, we see more about like her and like she's got this aunt who is maybe like a witch or some kind of Amazon. I don't know who she really is. Um, I'm like I said, I don't really know too much about Nubio, so I don't know if there has ever been too much said about her own family or how she even relates to all this. But the story has her fighting on Grail, who was kind of a Wonder Woman villain. She's the daughter of Darkseid. Oh, she was the she was a she was a big part of some like DC event at one time. Yeah, they had um, Justice League Darkseid War. And yes. think, yeah, when they were trying to bring Darkseid back, she was his daughter who was trying to help uh, resurrect him, kind of. But when he got resurrected, he was a baby. and <laughs> She had to, like, raise him as a baby. It was interesting. 
time. <laughs> I, think <laughs> had, I think she had a nice design. I really liked. Yeah, she's got this the shave side head, you know, yeah. old school Rihanna. <laughs> um, so in this, her and Nubia and Grail are fighting, and they're fighting over this like kind of artifact. You get this kind of basic story of there's this artifact when Nubia touches it she's get visions and there's more to the story there that maybe there's something deeper with her connection to these artifacts or some kind of hidden power within her um I think that there could be more told here but I'm just not sure where this will go again because it's getting wrapped up in the whole future state thing are they continuing with this is this kind of like where the Nubia story stops <laughs> I'm not sure um but I could be interested in seeing more of her. I would like for her to be her own character, though, instead of just being Black Wonder Woman. Black Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. I know, I know Nubia is a character who's, like, very popular among the masses, and, like, people would like to see her come back and do some things. I agree. I've also never really been too big on, like, seeing it. And Right, right the things that I have seen with her I didn't I mean I guess she she has about as much personality as Diana has in my opinion and so I guess if she can continue <laughs> to sustain a book then yeah Nubia can get a shot to also do the same thing so it's good if the story is what starts that let's keep it going I agree you know what I think that you are right on that personality tip as far as Nubia goes um they are very similar in that way um but at least in this, she gets a little bit more like some different kind of family. The, I will say the writing in this felt less like the writer was trying to make her hip or trying to like connect her to the masses versus just writing a Nubia story, if that makes sense. There weren't any yeah, yeah. Just random, you know, uh, pop culture call outs or something like that. You know, she wasn't. She, she didn't say she listens to Beyonce in the year 2056. No. <laughs> like huh? no, no, there was no like Beyonce name drop or, you know, her bringing up BET or something. <laughs> None of that. Um, oh, I wonder which, if they have BET in Future State. That would be interesting to know. Oh, she should gosh. actually do that now. <laughs> 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 oh, wow. Um, I, that would be wild. I it, it at least read well. I appreciate the fact that they okay. didn't try too hard to try to like you know make her current or whatever. Okay. Um, so so we'll see what's up with that. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it enough to like I'll at least definitely check out issue two. So uh, next up was Future State Catwoman number one. Now did you check this out? Oh, this was excellent. Yes. Oh, yes, yes it was. Yes, 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 see, yes. this yes. was excellent. So <laughs> it was um, great, right? So before I even get to like the logistics of the issue, I just want to say that Ram V is like a force to be reckoned with. He is the one to watch writer-wise at DC right now between Justice League Dark, the Future State Swamp Thing issue he did. He's also doing some more Swamp Thing stuff. Um, this Catwoman issue, he did another like little series over at DC that I read. I can't remember the character right now, but I, I enjoy this man a lot. And this Catwoman story was just excellent, like pure kind of heist, science fiction, neo-noir, you get a little Snowpiercer, you get a little Hunger Games. Otto Schmidt, his art is just like fantastic. It's mind blowing. DC, Didio did two things right before he got fired. I said one was hiring Joel Jones. The other one was getting Otto Schmidt, okay? Because He's got a cool style. The style is, he kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Matteo Scalera in that style. Yeah, yeah. 
and I just really enjoy it. it was just, this was probably my favorite issue of the week. Yeah, Catwoman was a lot of fun in this. When they opened with that little cat hand symbol that they were putting up yeah, in the air about yeah. being strays, yes. I thought that was so cool. Um, you know, she's got this like updated Catwoman costume, which you know I would like one. <laughs> I would like that. You know, a nice little cat suit, and she's got this really cool, this really cool um, motorcycle that she's on, and she's trying to rescue these people on this train, and from the magistrate or whatever. And they're all kind of prisoners or as she likes to call them strays. Um, she takes out all these guards, you know, she's in there fighting with her whip. And uh, I was not expecting that that magistrate woman was going to end up being Talia. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> this is my kind of book. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, that just... reveal of Talia was awesome. I was like, wow, oh, shit. What a moment. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. I was very much into that. Um, so I will definitely be checking this out. I don't know if they are going to keep, I don't know what Ram is doing after this, but I, whatever he's doing post-Future State, I want to check that out too. He's, so he is going to be writing the Justice League dark backups that are going to be appearing in Bendis' Justice League. Oh, you see how and, you always win. <laughs> I got about Justice wow. League. <laughs> um, and he's also already slated to write a Swamp Thing series. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I know he's going to do that. I don't know about Catwoman. I know Joelle Jones has been doing Catwoman and like her yeah. been getting a lot of uh, acclaim. So I don't know if they're going to switch that up. But this team definitely needs to be together again on something. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing them do like a Black Canary thing. That would be great too. That would, and, and you, we know Schmidt loves Black Canary. I know. I always see him like post some drawings <laughs> that he has of her on, <laughs> online. So I think he would definitely be down to do a Black Canary book. Um, I won't spoil the reveal of who they rescued at the end of this book, but I need to know if that was really him. I need to know if how these two women feel about it. I just, I'm definitely going to be purchasing issue two. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Um, okay. So next up is Avengers number 41. Now I did not check this out. I haven't been into the Avengers in a while. So let me know what's up. So I really got to stop convincing myself to buy this book. Um, the, as I've said with like the last few Avengers runs, this book is enjoyable in a way that like 13 year old me is like all about it. Yes. It is pure comic book antics. Like it's chaos. You have all these heroes kind of like fighting each other. Like there's Javier Garon's art is like magnificent. He's drawing these big battle scenes. You're getting these like cool Phoenix type outfits. And it's just like, this is fun. Like this is pure fun. But it's also one of the things is like, Aaron and like the story is like just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if like Aaron is really just trying to make his mark with the Phoenix or if he mm. truly does not understand what the Phoenix stories were about or just like what because it is just bad and it's just like why is this happening but then you have these really good scenes of like um Black Panther and what's his name uh not 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 night thrasher um nighthawk oh okay yeah they're like fighting and but but then it's also like weird because it's like they're these two guys and they like have this really big argument well they're not it's not a big argument but they have like this little back and forth about how 
Nighthawk has been doing something to infiltrate Wakanda. And it's just like, they're basically fighting against each other, but they've known it for weeks. I think this has something to do with the Squadron Supreme. Oh, I don't really read that. that. They're not really my kind of people. Yeah. And so it's like probably something that's going on there. But it's fun. Like, again, 13-year-old Keenan is like reading this book and he is screaming. He is like, this is amazing. This is what I want more of. Like, this is all I want to see. Like, if this, again, if this is in the MCU, it's going to be fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. it is the thing. You Big, bombastic, like, action scenes and things exploding. <laughs> exactly. um, but other than that, no. Uh, and I'm also kind of worried. So Echo's in this book. Echo was the reason that I'm really like picking it this up because she's like, oh okay. She's one of the contestants, and they show. Does like, she get the Phoenix Force too? So everyone gets a piece of the Phoenix Force in the book. That's. <laughs> I guess it's just room for everyone. <laughs> Everybody can get it. <laughs> so everyone gets like a little taste of the Phoenix's power, and as a result like they get powered up and then they like fight each other and then like the winner so it's been this thing there's this like redhead who i guess was a part of that past avengers team that aaron created of oh, uh, i think her name is Firehair or something like that she's like the original yeah she's the avatar fan. like she's also in the issue and she's basically like kind of like a ghost and she is telling black panther how the phoenix actually wants him and he's like no of course He's like, I don't want her. He's like, I only do this and this. And he's like, I'm going to destroy you. And so it's just all these battles going on. Why would the Phoenix Force want the Black Panther of all of them? You know, I think it's going to go to Echo. (laughs) 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 I just kind of think it's going to go to Echo. And it's like, it's upsetting me a little bit because. (laughs) You don't want to sleep with the Phoenix? (laughs) <laughs> i don't want to see my girl with the phoenix so <laughs> um, it is it's interesting though because echoes um her matchup is is against namor oh okay yeah so like it, it's like the, he uh, already had the phoenix like before it's yeah he wants it again and that's like a big part of like his part in the story he's like i want the phoenix uh, he's in like and he's like pushing everybody away and they're like so we definitely gotta make sure he doesn't get it <laughs> um okay yeah, it's like like that's a part of the battles also. Like some people actually want the Phoenix Force. Some people don't. Some people are just trying to get it to make sure other people don't get it. It's again, 13-year-old me loves it. Mm. That, that's what I can tell you. Okay. The art's amazing. That sounds like I maybe I'll check this out eventually on Marvel Unlimited if if I ever get to that point of just needing some exciting shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> next next up is Black Cat number two. Now, I haven't jumped in yet because I haven't finished the previous run. Um, so talk to me. Flawless issue. Flawless, okay. That's, you know, Jed McKay just knocks this book out the park. Again, from the first volume, it's amazing. He puts Felicia in all these. It's a King and Black tie-in, um, but it's just like a heist like every issue is basically some type of heist for felicia and like the way that she goes about it and she finds herself in these different parts of the mcu that she's not normally in and it's just so interesting to see and how she interacts with these characters and these dynamics and it's like all these kind of like real world reactions to things like when she deals with magic she's like i hate magic stuff and like when she deals with like space stuff she's like i hate cosmic stuff she's like this is not what i do she's like i don't want to be a part of this (laughs) um and so it's just like a really fun world and you know she talks about all these things it's just it's a good book i don't know 
it's a good this is like one of those things where it's like a mortal hope it's like it's just a good book like you guys should just read it like that's really okay. all i can ever say about it like jed mckay has again consistently kind of written felicia amazingly during his tenures on these book and he continues that trend here good for her for getting you know a really great book i like felicia and i feel like she should have a little bit more of a her own kind of series going instead of just always her random appearances within a spider-man book you know, mm-hmm. I personally can find her a little bit more interesting than Peter Parker sometimes. So I definitely yeah. want to check this out. <laughs> yeah. Really good. Highly recommended. Um, it's always fun. I will say I would. No, I'll save that for. I, don't, I was about to say something, but I think it's actually going to get like addressed in the next issue. So I need to wait for okay. the next issue before. I See, think. sometimes you got to be a little patient. You got to wait a little bit. <laughs> you got to wait. <laughs> we'll go back. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll, we'll check in the next time it come out. Um, okay, next up was X-Force number 16. Now, I know you don't really get down with X-Force anymore. So I picked up this issue. Oh. Yeah, it's an underwater okay. issue. You know I would Oh, okay, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense then. <laughs> We're going in the sea. You know I'm coming yeah. along. Um, I actually, so I actually really enjoyed this issue, though. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I, I re- it might have just been the art. Honestly, yeah, but, um, Joshua Casares is really, really good. He's becoming a favorite of mine. This Krakoa era, it's really great. This little like undersea adventure, like the monsters kind of had like Lovecraftian feel to them. It felt very creepy. Like I could see that being like a movie, like the shot where Logan um kind of hits that one monster and it's just like the giant eye looking at him. Like, yeah, I would jump. I would yeah, jump for sure. I thought it was really cool to see uh Forge and all of his different like new like weapons and equipment and stuff that he's creating yeah and it's almost like they're trying to give him this like not a mad scientist kind of feel but more of like kind of a kooky scientist kind of feel where he's like huh i just know how to build new stuff and (laughs) get into what i'm able to do um with this opened with uh beast and uh cecilia is kind of doing that autopsy and beast having that glare that glare in his eye where he's like oh this bad thing i wonder if i can turn it into a good thing and and cc's like no let's <laughs> we're not doing that <laughs> so that is one thing i will also say i do love that this book has continuously used her um yeah because i love cc and like obviously she's popped up in a couple of different places but like she is like consistently here doing yeah. something and like talking and getting her panel time she looks great cc's my girl you know i'm always here for her Yeah, I'll definitely give Percy, you know, he's been able to really keep the team, get everyone getting their kind of panel time or whatever, even though uh, Jean quit the team before she quit, she was still like, you know, being worked into the team and she had her moments and it doesn't feel like you are waiting around for a character to kind of have their shine. It seems like everyone is kind of getting some kind of moment. He is very good at juggling the characters, although... I will say that X-Force has felt like there's been a lot of plots in this book and I'm ready to yes. see some of them finally get like resolved or at least like kind of pick up. Um, this one in particular, when they were underwater and by they, I mean, it was Wolverine, um, Kid Omega and Forge. As awesome as all that was and really cool seeing uh, Kid Omega use his powers down there. He's like, you know, I'm not dying no more. <laughs> like, I'm sick of this. You know, so let's shout out to Betsy for the psychic weaponry. And she teaches the girls. She teaches <laughs> the girls, okay? Consistently. She did. She taught the girls. And, um, you know, I felt like 
it was a cool scene, but it's, it felt like that was more of a setup for Wolverine and like mm-hmm. his his solo issues. Then it felt like a a setup or whatever, or even a kind of resolved plot for X-Force. So I think the there are a lot of plots here and they're kind of all maybe some of them getting lost in the shuffle and there's some need to be wrapped up. But at least all of the team members are getting their their time to shine and i do think percy's still killing it on the writing i think he has a great voice for all of the characters so far especially beast and his like conniving like you know trying to make things better even though he's gonna make things worse it's not that good (laughs) (laughs) um no i can definitely agree with what you say about the writing too i i kind of said that like with his issues of wolverine i don't know if maybe he needs to take like a break from one and sometimes even when I have dipped back and forth into X Force, it feels like I'm reading certain things twice, or it's just like a very similar kind of story. Again, I really did enjoy the dynamic of like Wolverine and Forge. Kid Omega was even fine in this, but it just felt like the guest appearance of the issue was like really nice as well. Yeah. What did you think of that? It was fine. Yeah. You know, okay. He got he, he he kind of just comes in and comes and goes what he wants at this point. It's like <laughs> Yeah, I want to know how he if he's ever going to have his own solo going or so we can kind of get more into his mind instead of him just popping up everywhere. It feels like they've been kind of it feels like they're always trying to build up to it. Like they keep mm-hmm. putting him in all these little places doing all these little things, but I don't know, maybe I don't think solos work for him that well, do they? Maybe or not. They must well. not. Um, um Maybe you can get a mini or something. I don't know, but it would be nice to guess kind of put him somewhere <laughs> instead of just popping up everywhere. Because <laughs> that's all he does, <laughs> he just pops. Um, so yeah, it's like, and again, I feel like with X-Force as well and Wolverine, it's just, I don't know if Percy maybe, like I said, needs to just take a break from one, have a little bit of life injected into the new one, or maybe he finally just needs to bring all these plots that are just sitting up in the air, have them come crashing down so we can finally start like actually feeling like something else is happening. Yeah, I think it, I think it's time to either bring them together. Maybe they'll have a crossover or something when they, he can just kind of focus on one plot and get them all in one thing and be done, or maybe take a break from from the other because there there needs to be some kind of like through line here for me. Um, still a great issue. I've been enjoying X Force. Has been one of my uh, one of my top X books for the in this Krakoa era. So I'm still in. Uh, keep it going, Percy. Okay, and last up on the list was Cable Number 7. Now, I'm assuming you probably didn't read this because it's basically a Summers book. Mm, You are correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I actually, again, enjoyed this book. It is, it's become the Summers clan kind of book. You know, anytime that Cable is in it, eventually he ends up having some meeting with with Gene and Scott, and it's cool to kind of see them. But this issue was the the brother and sister outing issue. Um, Rachel was in it, and he needed help uh, going. So he he goes back to his original mission of saving these um, mutant babies from the, like, cult of X, these, like, cult people who are obsessed with mutants. Um, and he calls in Rachel, who lets him know that she's a better telepath, so she should have been called to him. <laughs> and she comes in, they uh, use this gate to go out into uh, Philly to where the original kind of kidnappings were happening. And the two of them go in, basically rescue these babies. And, you know, he 
Cable comes in and uses his telekinesis. He's like, you know, I should start using my powers more. Dad wants me to practice <laughs> a lot more. And it's it's fun to finally see Cable use his his powers instead of just coming in with a, a big gun and blasting. So I think I like, you know, Kid Cable a little bit more than Old Man Cable. Um, well, you find out. I know, right? I know. They're going to come for me. But well, that's I what like the Cable it. fans tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I know they're going to come for me, but I like Kid Cable. More, a little bit more than old man cable. This one's a little bit more fun, and he's got like more personality than just being like the gristled, like hard ass. Um, so you find out who has actually been behind this kidnapping of the mutant babies, and I'm gonna tell you because I know this will maybe make you get into it, and it's strife. Uh, now why would you tell me that see now i gotta go buy this so see? for those who don't know i love strife okay like strife is my guy i always say that strife should have been the real child and cable should have been the clone like strife is it strife is awesome i like him as a villain i like the his like personality and everything i like what he's all about so that it was helmet. cool to see him <laughs> that helmet's pretty cool um I just like the name Strife, too. It's dope. Um, and I like that he is basically Cable, but without the techno-organic virus. So he has his full, like, telekinetic and telepathic powers. Um, so I'm excited to see how that that fight in this kind of goes. Um, he finds out that Strife is behind all of this. He wants to get more details on it, but Sage is like, mm, I don't know if I should give you this. Because... Do we see Strife yet, or is it just like... We oh, we hear... see him. Oh, okay. You know it's him. Okay. <laughs> you know it's him you you have this whole like uh telepathic flash of him so cable like reads the the villain's mind and he sees that strife is the one that has been doing all this okay. so is uh, it like they, a, um are they also going like a young strife or is he still old he looks still old okay perfect yeah or like you're like young adult like i don't know not old man old man but like you know how strife was kind of looking back in inferno or post inferno and all that kind of stuff um, I think that he is going to have to get a little bit of help in this for his next mission. And it looks like he's calling on someone to help him out. I'm not the biggest fan of this someone that he's calling out. Um, I won't spoil it. Um, but they are definitely going to go on this mission to take down Strife together. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they get into and how she can help him out. So. We'll see. Okay, I'm so still enjoying to this. Take down strife. It just doesn't happen. They just it doesn't ever happen. Go. No. <laughs> they, just, they just need to let it go. It's not gonna yeah. work. Or I wonder if they're probably gonna try to invite him to Krakoa or something instead of trying to take him down. They're like extending an invitation to him. Oh, that wait, would be interesting. Have, I was about to say, clones, especially right? how they did Maddie. I mean, Gabby's yeah. there. It's the whole clone thing. I think is just kind of on a like clone by clone basis. <laughs> Like it depends on who you're the clone of. It's like then <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. What's that gene shade? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Anyway. <laughs> um, I I think this book is pretty good. Phil Noto was on art and um Again, I like, he's been getting a lot better for me. Uh, I've noticed the things that you said before about his backgrounds and everything. But for, for me in this book, in the way that he draws his action scenes and everything here, he's been really, really great. I 
I really like this. And and yeah. because they use their telepathy a lot in this book, it, it gives him a chance to shine at what he's great at, which is those like static moments, you know? Um, so I really enjoy the art, really enjoy the writing. So I'm still in on, on Cable for sure. Okay. Well, I guess I'm going to go pick up an issue of Cable. Yeah, get into it because Strife is there. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the books of the week. So let's take a break and then we'll come back for the panel. Sweet. All right, all right, all right. We are back. And so, okay, so per some suggestions and like you recommending and then saying that I'd probably like her. I've been getting into Amora the Enchantress. I knew you would like her. <laughs> and let's talk about a villainess. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, this, 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 this isn't what I want this discussion to be about, but I just need to let everyone know that Amora is that girl. Oh, and, I'm sure I'm sure the Amora panel is coming. <laughs> oh, it's definitely coming. I've got a, I've got like a couple more things to get back into. Um, I just finished some stuff from like the 80s. And so I've still got to oh, go back shit. to like, okay, like, <laughs> again, we're gonna talk about it. Um, But I want to go back and like read the first very early appearances in like the 60s. And oh, oh, you'll see how she, she uh, she's the one that got Wonder Man like involved in all that mess. Oh yeah, yeah, I really <laughs> yeah. said that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, once I get that down and like I, I, I'm gonna then I'm gonna go back and read everything again with like okay. the newfound knowledge of who she is. I'm like getting to the stories a little bit deeper, and then we'll be having our nice little enchantress panel. So everyone, get ready okay. for that. Yeah. Um, I knew you'd like her. She's but. <laughs> She really, um, but like in getting to know her, it started making me think about like the MCU and like, okay. oh, the villains that are going to come in. It's like, oh, okay. I we haven't seen her yet. Yeah, we haven't seen her yet. You know, we're about to get Jane Foster Thor. And I was like, I think I want Amora as a villain in the MCU, which then made me think about the MCU villains as a whole. And I was like, is that something I actually want? <laughs> good point. Good, very good point. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think that's been one of the big things to talk about with the MCU and it's, um, it's quote unquote villain problem, you know? Yeah. And I know it's kind of been talked about a little bit ad nauseum, but it's interesting now because we're going into a new phase. We're about to get a whole new slew of them. And even now, like with WandaVision, it's like, is Sword the actual villains of the story? Is it AIM? Like, is it Wanda? Yeah, is it Wanda? It's kind of like just making me think. And I just wanted to discuss them, how you felt about them right now, how you feel about like the future of the villains. In the MCU, do you think we're on an upswing? Even like the TV shows, because like I think the TV shows did some um, of the villains that they did them pretty well, actually. Yeah, I think that um, the MCU has definitely had a villain problem. In in my opinion, it, it comes down to the fact that they kill them. <laughs> like I feel like yeah. there have been a lot of great villains. At least they were great in the comics um, that they brought on screen but they ended up killing them. And so you only get them for that one time. Like I thought, mm -hmm. I thought Hela was a fantastic villain in, yeah. in that Thor movie, but you know, they ended up killing her in the end. However, she's like the goddess of death. So she could always come back, you know, that yeah. whole thing. Um, but still, I felt like another, my, like I said before, my favorite villain is Ultron, my favorite Avengers villain. And they okay. got rid of him um, in, 
the same movie in Age of Ultron. But again, he yeah. is he could have copied himself some way or whatever. There's always a way to bring him back. Um, you know, I, but it, I think it I think they always end up killing like him. A, yeah, it almost kind of feels like a villain of the week. Yeah. But like the big bad of the story outside of like obviously a Thanos who was built up as a villain over time and mm-hmm. all of these years. And I mean, even when you get to things like the Black Order and like you look at the Black Order and they were kind of supposed to be like the top premier guard of Thanos. And in the movies, they kind of came off more like henchmen. But even so, when you go back and read the comics, they also still kind of come off like henchmen a little bit more they really too. They do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just interesting to me. I also think about the TV shows. And mm-hmm. I was watching, what was I watching? I was watching Winter Soldier. And I think about how they like tied in all the like fantastic talk about a franchise. Captain yeah. America did that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, it got I'm really hope that. I'm really hoping that uh, my girl Captain Marvel gets that upgrade <laughs> that he got. <laughs> <laughs> now that they gave her like a whole new writing team, a whole new director, you know, the same <laughs> thing that happened with, with Captain she, America. <laughs> does she have a story for like a winter soldier type of uh yeah but it would be more like out in space i think that you could give her like a instead of it being this political thriller thing it'd be more like a space story you could give her give her the boot saga or give her like those kind of things where she's like out there fighting aliens and and she got captured and all that kind of stuff and she's another one like in her movies i think about her and like her villains and who she's going to be is that something you like for her is just kind of more of a broad space fighter she fights all the different aliens or would you like to see some more people centered and focused on that um i mean for for me and captain marvel i would like to see at least in her sequel i'd probably like to see a little bit of both i would like to eventually get to star <laughs> because again i've been i've been talking about her a bunch on this podcast and i think that star makes a great a uh, villain for for Captain Marvel because of the way that she views Carol and everything there, and this, she actually has her own motivations. Um, however, I also want Carol to be able to use her powers and and yeah. showcase her abilities and everything and be able to fly and, and, and zap shit. So I think that you still have to give her, you know, the big broad villain that she's able to showcase her abilities. So a little, probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Do you consider like the villains from the Marvel TV shows as a part of like your villain MCU canon, or would you like to see them kind of redone again? Oh, redo them all again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) redo it. I don't think that we need to save anything from from before they kind of started to merge everything into the MCU. As great as some of those TV shows were, um, you know, Daredevil and, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had a couple great seasons in there. I thought that although those shows were great, just started over. <laughs> we don't need to like okay. bring back any of that kind of stuff. I think you can and just so start fresh. That's so interesting because I thought Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I thought what they did was the Cree, with the Cree was fantastic. Like I yeah. would have loved for Marvel to actually like just keep all of that and bring it over. Um, I can't, re- they didn't touch on the Creed too much in the Captain Marvel movie, did they? I can't remember. Her villains were like the Scrolls. I mean, yeah, they, they talked on the Kree because she's Kree and they talked oh, about Oh, wait, Minerva like, and Minerva was. And Minerva like, was, yeah, they talked about a bunch of the Kree. That's right. And they, they talked about how that they were. 
they kind of they kind of did that from Agents of Shield because I think in the movie um, Marvel, who they changed into um, a woman, she had been like hiding out on Earth or whatever and kind of helping with that whole uh, ship thing, which is I know that's what they were doing on Agents of Shield, right? Like the Kree were like yeah hidden amongst the people, right? Yeah, and so and like yeah. stuff like that, like that's what I would keep because and so because again, I think about like the MCU and we talk about they had their villain problems. It felt like villain of the week, Agents of Shield, the villains that it has because it really made itself tie into the MCU. Even if the MCU like wouldn't acknowledge them, <laughs> like they were like we're <laughs> right. acknowledge you, right? And so they added a lot of backstory to like some of those smaller villains that is like i think could work to be bigger in the mcu so i think i I would keep them i would also keep the hand oh yeah i like the hands i um i you know electra is one of my favorite uh, like street level characters and i liked kind of some of the aspects that they brought to her um in the daredevil season two i wasn't completely blown away by uh, some of the other aspects um you know i did like the chemistry that she had with matthew um and the actress who played her Elodia Elodie Elodie Young I think that's how you pronounce her name um she was badass and uh I believed her in all of her fight scenes and everything but there were some things that were in the story that felt a little random for me um but I did like the way that they approached the hand and resurrecting her and everything there um I didn't really like the whole like whatever they called her the the dark whatever that was yeah, that was weird. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the hand—the hand was cool. Yeah, they could. They don't necessarily have to keep them the, those same kind of actors oh, no, or we, whatever they're doing. We could definitely switch those folks around because, <laughs> uh, because, again, like while I like the hand and all that, we that whole little defender series got a little yeah, yeah to it. Like so, yeah, all that can definitely be revamped a little bit. I would just kind of yeah. like to keep some of that story they built up for him. That was cool. And, you know, there's all those rumors going around about Daredevil showing up in Spider-Man somehow, somewhere. Is Spider-Man in this movie? It seems like everybody else is, but him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I... um. Maybe. I mean, damn. <laughs> is he gonna make a cameo? Is, <laughs> you know, it's, maybe it's, it's. You know, I, it's, I feel like they're giving him what they've been doing to the villains. It's like he's gonna be in this one movie, and then that's it. <laughs> I um, but I don't know. I feel like the 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 Marvel TV villains were they were all right. Um, there weren't too many of them that were like really like phenomenal for me that were that left that lasting impression as much as the movies did. Um, again, I'm excited for the fact that they are actually able to have one kind of studio that there's no longer Marvel TV and then Marvel Studios, um, that they're they're all kind of under one umbrella, which makes things a lot easier so that way you can probably keep villains around a lot more and that that way they can kind of bounce around from whatever they have on Disney plus and whatever they have, uh, coming out on film. So I'm excited to see what they do with the villains going forward. I don't necessarily think they even have to do the Thanos route again and build up towards something because I feel like at this point, after Thanos, like you're getting pretty big with these villains. So I don't think necessarily you have to like build up to them. They can really just kind of like start to show up. It'll be interesting too. Cause like I think about the future of the MCU and I think about the Fantastic Four movie and you know, I think about I also Kang. think about that movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> we think about it for different reasons. <laughs> um, you know, I'm thinking about like Kang and the story and Jonathan Majors. As he, and, you know, we're going to talk about this a little bit later when we get into the reread. But, you know, I've been um, Kang is not somebody who I only want to see once. No, not at all. Yeah. And it's just like I need those ridiculous Jonathan Majors isn't somebody I want to see just once. <laughs> okay. Like, I need it. Like he he needs to be built up. And so, you know, again, like that's what I was kind of thinking about when I was thinking, oh yeah, I want Enchantress in the MCU. But I was like, I don't want her in just like one movie because even when you get into the comics, like Enchantress, yes, she can kind of sometimes play that villain of the week role, but she actually has a lot of like deep lore in Asgard and like just the stuff she does. And it's like, I don't want them coming and treating her like this. And then it's like, no, she's gone. That was a way. Yeah. Or especially she dies at the end or something. And especially when with some of these villains, like the way they die and get taken out was like awful. And it's just like that was completely lackluster. I think Baron Zemo was a good one. Um I like the way they kept him around. I thought that yeah, he was like, going to kind mean, of commit suicide yeah. at the end of Civil War. Yeah. But I like that, you know, Black Panther kind of stopped him and that you kind of keep him around. I mean, half of the reason I was happy that happens is because Baron Zemo is the one that gave Wonder Man his powers. So <laughs> he's connected to a lot of people. I don't. He really is. <laughs> I don't know why they just keep putting him with Wanda. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, I was like, oh, cool. They keep him around. Maybe it's for that reason. But um, I feel like that was the first time that they actually consciously decided to keep the villain. Because yeah. I mean, even even in Black Panther, um, you know, what's his name died like at the end. Oh, um, um Killmonger. Jordan. Yeah. I mean, that oh, scene God. was, that scene was yeah. something. You know, <laughs> let me tell you, i never forget, I was in the theater when that, you know, obviously I went to go see it a couple of times at the theater. Right. And the, I think on my like third viewing of it, I was in the theater and that scene comes up and he says that line about the ancestors and jumping mm. off and all that stuff. And there were some people in the theater who started clapping. And it was like this like awkward scattered clapping because it was just like, who's clapping for that? <laughs> <laughs> and you could tell like the people who like started clapping and like thought everybody else was going to join in felt very embarrassed that like you, it was only like five people and they were just like, no, why? like that no. doesn't make any sense. Like no. you would not be here <laughs> if your ancestors that jumped off of that boat. So it's like no, that don't make no sense, right? <laughs> um, well, that's a whole different thing. Um, what did you think about Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger? Other than that, um, you know, I thought that he, I thought that he was a pretty great villain. Actually, I thought that he was a great Killmonger, and what they did as far as like updating the character in a way, and like bringing him, bring, making him more modern. Um, because you know there were a lot of Black Panther villains, in my opinion, which w were pretty offensive <laughs> and could have been offensive <laughs> had they kept had they kept it the way that they were in the comics. So I like the way that they updated that, and uh, you know I kind of like the ideology that they gave him, um, which was like kind of Magneto esque in a way. Yeah. Um, but he he was great until he got to Wakanda. Then it kind of fell apart <laughs> as a villain, um, you know. So again, I some of the villains are great, and I would like to see them keep around. So I understand the frustration, but then some of them aren't that great. So I understand why <laughs> they end up dying off. Um, but I do think they have been like really powerful and 
some villains that have great stories to continue to tell that they didn't necessarily need to get rid of. You know, I think yeah. that there's there's more to tell there than just killing them off, or and or just using them in the movie to uplift the hero instead of actually making them their own character. Those are the ones that you end up like really gravitating towards. And the yeah. villains who make the longest impression are those villains who kind of see themselves as their own hero and they have their own story to tell. I like yeah, Thanos. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, and I think I'm a little bit more hopeful as well as we kind of branch off into the TV shows of Disney Plus and all of that, because obviously we know that we're going to be getting some people across multiple entities already because of that. And so I wonder if that'll also kind of help the quote unquote villain problem of building them up because we already know Yelena is going to be in a couple of places. Not that she's the villain of the Black Widow movie, but like right. we already know that she's got a couple spots right. built up. So it's like, we're, you know. You know, I'm starting to think that they might start to have like corners now. Whereas before, mm. bef you know, during the whole Thanos era, they built everything up for them to fight Thanos. But right. I'm having some theories while watching WandaVision that um, there is a more mystical threat. And I think that there, it probably, my guess is Mephisto. I don't know if y'all have any guesses, go ahead and tweet me what y'all think. Um, but I don't think that they are building up to have Mephisto be the overall villain for everything. I can kind of see them being, you know, Mephisto is the villain for the more magical characters mm -hmm. and Kang could be the villain for, you know, the more time, uh, the, the PIM area and those kind of people over there while they have, um, you know, Red Hulk and maybe more of the Thunderbolts be more of the ground level hero uh, villains and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So I think okay. that they might start to have like, you know, corners of the MCU rather than it all just being this big one universe kind of thing where you get to everything is connected because it's all happening in the same place. But it's not that it's not them all building up to go off and fight the one big bad. I really like that. I would actually enjoy that a lot. And I think a lot of people would too, because again, like not everybody's into all the types of stories and not everybody wants to, I guess, watch everything. Exactly. Yeah, I, mean, I would. But. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably, I'm definitely going to, but I think that when you have it where you can actually have kind of pockets and then people can kind of decide which ones they want to get into. I mean, look at you and I, like, I know that you like more of the, the fighting, the street level people where I like more mm -hmm. of the superhero kind of cosmic -y kind of stuff. So it would be, I'm sure they should have different villains <laughs> in those yeah, areas, absolutely. you know? So I think that if, if they're going to do that, they should start to keep these villains around and, and keep them. I would like to see them last longer than just one movie, you know? Who is your underrated MCU villain? Um, I might have two for that, and I, I'm going to also say Ultron because okay, okay, <laughs> because he is because he <laughs> he is my favorite comic book Avengers villain. But I feel like he didn't get necessarily the props he deserved in the movie. I felt like he mm -hmm. was a great villain in the movie, but didn't necessarily need to die in the end because I would love to see him come back and just <laughs> antagonize the shit out of the Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think that would be great. Um, and although he had these great like monologues and these great moments or whatever, it would be better to see him kind of come back as a fully 
deformed villain. I'm Ultron. I'm here to make, you know, <laughs> shit explode and do whatever I want to do. Um, I think that I would like to see a little bit more than him because I think that he is a little bit underrated. Um, the movie itself was all right, but I think Ultron deserves a little bit more there. And the okay. other underrated villain, I think, is honestly, I think it's Hela. I don't think, I think people oh, have okay. these, you know, villain lists that they come out with and Thanos is always on it and stuff, but I really see Hela. And in my opinion, she did what she can't set out to do. <laughs> you know, she came back and actually took over Asgard like she wanted to. And you know me, I like a villain. That <laughs> you know, they had they had to come back and take Asgard back from her. <laughs> she already came there and and took it over. So um, I would like to see her brought back. But I think I would like to see her brought back in more of a, like a Loki kind of role where... Okay she's kind of manipulating people and making deals with people, you know, as since she is the, you know, the goddess of death or whatever, she can make deals with people to bring people back to life or whatever. I would like to see her brought back and, and fully, fully fleshed out instead of just there to, for Thor to beat up at the end. Okay. Or for her to, I think she was just like smashed by a rock or something. I don't know. I think she deserves to a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can do, I, I can agree with that. I, I would like to see a lot more of Hella. Um, what, what about you? Who are your... Uh, so I also have two. I don't know if they're necessarily underrated for like any particular... No, I think they're underrated. I think they were really good villains and I think they're kind of overlooked a lot because their movies might have been lackluster to find in a lot of people's opinions. And one of them is Yellow Jacket from Ant-Man. Oh, Okay. Oh, I liked him. And yeah, like, I think he was really well done. I think the actor who plays him, um, I cannot think of his name right now, but he's done a lot of stuff that I've really enjoyed. I think he played that real great. I thought the design of the yellow jacket suit was really amazing. The fight scene with him and Ant-Man in the daughter's room all on the train set is, like, probably really one cool. of my favorite. Yeah, it's, like, one of my favorite MCU fights. So he's definitely up there. My other one, I guess, because it was, like, a mix, but I really loved... Keaton's Vulture in the Spider-Man. Oh movie. yeah, he was dope. Yeah. Like, I think I I love a just a do about the bootstraps type of villain. It's just like I'm yeah. just trying to like make ends meet and like all this <laughs> stuff. Like <laughs> it's just like it's like I so I'll never forget. I was 16. I was working at the grocery store. I know that's right. And, you hustle. <laughs> okay. And there was this guy. He like was stealing from the grocery store, right? And I'll never forget because our security guard was standing there and she was like watching him steal. And she's like, hey, you guys, he's stealing. He's stealing. So we're like, well, are you gonna do something? And so back then when I didn't, you know, realize really know too much about capitalism and how all that stuff works, and I thought I loved my job, I like went after the guy. Oh, now you're trying to be a hero. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's like, and then you're not even supposed to do stuff like that because they'll fire you. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I ran out after the guy to try and stop him, and he, like, hopped into this car or whatever. But, like, I noticed what he was stealing. And so he had taken a thing of laundry detergent, and he had, like, two salads from the make-your-own salad bar. And so... <laughs> oh, these was, like... He needed this stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Let him take it. So like, as I saw it, I was just like, you know, he's just trying to wash his clothes and eat some food. Like, whatever. I don't even care. And so yeah. like, when I see the things like Vulture and those type of villains where it's just like, I'm trying to feed my kids. It's like, no. It's mm-hmm. fine. Go ahead, steal it. <laughs> <laughs> you sell yeah. your arms and all that good stuff. Um, so those maybe are my two who they I might think. be bringing Vulture back for like a uh, a Sinister Six movie or something, right? I think that would be kind of cool. A, a, a cool team up to see. And that's one thing I will say about Spider Man. Like Spider Man's got some villains. Like he's got. Some oh villains. yeah. I I'm not. He's up there. Like he's in the top three. Spider-Man like Rogues Gallery, right? Yeah, he, I'm not a huge Spider Man fan, but like. That I'm ready for those folks to come, like Craven, Shocker. I need, I need Electro. I need Electro. He's yeah. one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. It's gonna, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun when they come up. Um, what did you think of Mysterio? Oh, I thought he was great. I thought that um, I thought it was really well done as far as what they uh, did as far as updating his backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, I always assumed that in the comic he was like a special effects person i thought that in the mcu they would make him like i don't know the guy who does cgi on movies or something um but i like that they kind of said that he was kind of something like that but it was like through stark tech you know it makes it easier for you to make sense of all the things that he's able to do (laughs) because if he was actually just the special effects person it would be a little far-fetched for us to believe that he was able to make all these like illusions and stuff like that happen. So yeah. um, I, I know people get annoyed with the constant connection to Stark, but sometimes it's just the easier route to take for characters like that. Uh-huh. You know, it's 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 a shared universe, people. You just got to deal with it. Like, you, Right, right. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes we forget that in these other films, there wasn't a shared universe. So yeah. there wasn't, there couldn't have been any of that other kind of stuff, but... I thought Mysterio was pretty well done. I, he, again, he was killed at the end of his movie, right? Or I guess you can always say that it was an illusion that he cast or something if they want to bring him back. (laughs) But I think that um, Mysterio, I thought he was cool. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal did a pretty good job. Um, I think that you could easily bring him back. I do love that there, um, there's been like consistent, they're getting like big name actors for the villains. I think that's fun. I, I like think them do the things. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that sometimes they feel like some of these characters, the average moviegoer or the average fan doesn't even really know. So, but they'll know this big name actor. So they bring them on to kind of give people some peace <laughs> that is gonna be done well. Um have there been any villains who you felt as though were kind of miscast? Oh, that's a good question. Um hmm. Viewers also, please let us know, listeners, if you think yeah. there was anyone who was miscast. Um, I can't, I don't necessarily think there was, I can think of too many people of the villain side who were miscast. I could maybe say that the the um, Mandarin maybe was a choice, um, but I feel yeah. like that that whole thing, as far as it being this weird reveal that it wasn't the real Mandarin, I think that in itself was a choice. Um, because yeah. I guess now we are getting the real Mandarin in um, Shang-Chi. Yeah. 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 So I think that, and if that was a choice, that was a little bit of a miscast for me, but they're fixing it <laughs> by bringing in the real Mandarin. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. if any of them for me have been much of a miscast as much as they were a waste by killing them at the end of their 
mm-hmm. in the Avenger movie. Can, For example, I, can, I, can I know that Black Widow is coming out and one of my other favorite villains is Taskmaster. And yeah. it's going to upset me if he dies in this movie <laughs> and we don't ever get more <laughs> Taskmaster. And it's in the past. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which means he's, like he's never going to show in the present. So I want to see, I need Taskmaster to be out there mimicking more characters, like the characters who we see now um, anyway. Um, so I think... I'm going to be upset if they just have him brought in as a one-off who fights Natasha. He dies at the end or something because I like Taskmaster. Yeah, he's always a fun one. Okay. And, um, so I guess, you know, just kind of rounding off, who's been your favorite, your least favorite, and who would you like to see? Ooh, okay. So favorite villain, um, I'm gonna. I know it's. I know it's cliche to say, but I'm just gonna have to say Thanos because he really was great. <laughs> I know. It's, I know. I should think a little deeper than just that. But like, damn, he was good. Um, least favorite, I think. Um, I mean, I wasn't that blown away by. I think Jedediah Stone or Stain was his name in Iron Man Three. I was. I really care for that. Yeah, see, don't okay, you probably don't even remember. Yeah, <laughs> <is> about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, like I could, I could lose that. I guess. Um, yeah, and who I can, who I can't wait for them to like bring to the MCU. Um, I know this is a this is going to take a while, but if we ever get Nimrod or Bastion on screen. Ooh, that's yeah. cool. That squeal you heard was mine because, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I said, I love a robot villain and I love a robot villain that um, gets shit done. And Nimrod and Bastion, they are not yeah. ones who ever like fail the mission. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> whoever they set out to kill, they end up killing them. <laughs> so uh, I would love to see when, when we finally get to the mutants and Nimrod and Bastion are brought to the MCU. Okay. What about you? With favorites, least favorite, and who you can't wait to see. All right. So, least favorite, Malika from Thor. Uh, he was kind just, of a waste. Yeah. Just wasn't into it all. Yeah. He can go. Um, favorite. Ooh. You know, I hate to be up there with you, but yeah. It's Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he was great. <laughs> he was just good, man. Like Josh Brolin did that. Yeah, he did. He did a damn thing like, that one. It was just, it was just, yeah. He he got it. Um, who I'd love to see, obviously, you know, not counting Amora the Enchantress. Also, really quick, let me tell you something about these comics. I also love that whenever she appears, everybody is like just gagged. Like they always scream her name. They're like, it's the Enchantress. And she's like, yes, <laughs> it is I. <laughs> she do. She come through with her knee boot. It's like every single time. I'm going to like find a collection of panels and I'm going to tweet them. And so it's like every single time. Um, But no, I would obviously love to see Amora. Um, I guess yeah. All my all my villains that I kind of want to see are also on the X side. He doesn't necessarily have to be, but I really would like to see Arcade. I would love to see somebody Ooh. do like a fun like murder world kind of even like Avengers Arena type of oh, movie. Yeah. That like really he's cool. he's the one I want like for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. dope. 
Mm-hmm. All right, that was the panel. Let's go ahead. Let's take another break. Let's do it. All right, all right. We are back for the reread of yes, this yes, week. Yes, yes, um, This time we did the first 12 issues of Young Avengers, which I hadn't read in a while. So this was a lot of fun same, to go same. back and read all of this. Um, and, you know, this brought back a lot of memories. I remember when this was actually like coming out, which damn, I'm old. <laughs> but I remember, I remember when this was actually um, coming out and it is uh, written by Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung. And they basically like created these characters. These were all like brand new characters that were coming out mm-hmm. from this. Um, and I remember being so excited to see these like younger characters. I was like 14 when this came out, 14, 15 years old. Um, so seeing these like kind of younger characters that they were gonna be these Avengers was really cool to see um, cause they were like basically my age. Um, my personal favorites from them were Hawkeye and Stature. Um, I thought Kay Bishop is awesome. I'm excited for her show, um, which uh, Haley Steinville, I believe, is going to play her. That'll be a very cool exciting. For that. Yeah, I think that's going to be really dope. And Stature is awesome. I think her powers are cool. And the kind of the way she just wants to be a superhero. And I like that she has this dynamic with her dad and like her mom doesn't want her to be a superhero. It kind of makes it all feel very real. Um, I liked all of the characters' backstories in this. They're, again, they're, they made them feel more real than the older Avengers who were just like, oh, you know, they all just happened to get powers. Whereas these were real teenagers who were dealing with their own kind of teenage angst and things yeah. like that. Um, you know, right off the bat, <laughs> um, Billy and Teddy were like into each other <laughs> in- yeah. instantly and were a couple. Yeah. Um, mm. what did you think about like this whole this whole series, these 12 issues? I loved it. You know, I, I I'm a young Avengers fan. I am a Wiccan fan, especially. I think everyone knows that. Okay. okay. Um, so like you said, it was really fun to kind of go back and reread all of these issues and see where they started. And again, it's also kind of reminding me how much I do not enjoy Wiccan and Hulkling together. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um you know, you don't like you know, him and his man? You know, and it in the beginning, I remember thinking, oh, like, oh, this is so cute because it kind of gave like high school love, puppy love, you know, these kids are cute together. They're the only two gays on their team. They just happen to know each other. So it's like they're together. Um, but I feel a lot of times with Wiccan, his stories get too much involved with Hulkling where he loses a lot of his personal agency. Like in my, in the, what I feel as though Wiccan's driving point is as a character is kind of like he's this anxious, depressed teen. And he's like finding ways to deal with that depression and this anxiety through the heroics and the people he deals with and because he, he has a very strong sense of heroism. So kind I of- I wish we got more than that because- Yeah, exactly. Like all he is just gay. <laughs> yeah, and so like, that's how I felt like kind of going through these issues a little bit. I was like, where is- And it's like, I get little tidbits here and there like with certain things he'll say. Um, we know he's like nerdy and he likes uh, fan fiction, stuff like that. Or he like looks on message boards and knows who the other superheroes are. So it's like, oh, I just wish we could keep going a little bit deeper in there. But again, it was the beginning. It was fun to see. It was a great yeah. moment. Um, it was I also- um, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed Kate Bishop this series. Right? She's dope. Um, 
she was like, and I don't know, maybe it's because I just know where her character is now and how far she's come. But like, she was like a very big standout for me. I'm just like, oh, wow. She was like great here. Stature was another one. I didn't really care for her the first go round. Um, but I enjoyed her a little bit more here. Again, yeah. I love a character that gets big. Giant sized folks are amazing. Still didn't really feel Hulkling. Patriot, yeah. Missed Patriot. It's all. It's yeah. Like, I still didn't bring really him back. See Patriot. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about the fact that they kind of had this? These were 12 issues and they felt like, like two really different, like, eras for them basically the, this yeah. first half was all about um kang and this whole like time thing and then the, you know the second half was more about hulkling so let's jump into like the first half of this how did you feel about the whole kang plot and the whole kang story that they were doing here okay so this is a little bit about like what i was saying earlier um i love kang the look the stupid helmet the ridiculous thigh high boots the green suit like the blue face he's amazing i love kang and it is crazy to me because I hate time travel stories. <laughs> <laughs> they get messy. They get so messy. <laughs> and so I remember like, as I started reading this, I was like getting excited. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, I remember like Kang was like the villain for the first arc of this. Like, I love it. And then we start getting into it. And I'm just like, oh yeah. I'm like, I hate time travel stories. And I'm just like, it, we just like, it feels like a lot of unnecessary jumps sometimes. It was fun. Like story was well done. It all kind of came together. It did what it needed to do, especially for like Ironland and introducing him and then getting us the young Vision character and like doing that whole kind of, I guess it was supposed to be like a parallel to the whole Vision and Simon Williams thing. I think so, or something like that. I, I kind of took that as more of a a typical Kang kind of story. Like he's always mm -hmm. like, don't know, going in the past and dealing with himself and like fixing himself. Kind of like you, I don't really like time travel stories because they get so like convoluted and messy and to the point now at least in this story and it's i guess you can kind of say it's it's more modern even though it's like 15 years old that they kind of even in the story were like just accept it <laughs> like whatever yeah. kind of thing <laughs> like when he goes back and things change and people were like i don't know if that makes sense even in the story they're like whatever <laughs> it's time trouble yeah. just accept it <laughs> um, so I thought that was like really interesting to like kind of go back and read to be so excited for Kang to realize like I hate all the stories that are like based around him because I just don't I just think I I think I just enjoy Kang like the character um so that was fine I didn't I have forgotten how much Jessica Jones was also involved in this story arc yeah me too I guess that was something I completely like forgot all about that she was so involved in this she was like the den mother of the team yeah which I, was I I guess was an interesting thing for her because they really uh, kind of brought up the fact that she was also a teen hero at the time, you know, back in her day when she was Jewel. Um, oh, she was supposed to be a teen when that happened? I think she was supposed to be like at least young, you know, not okay. like um, in her late 20s or something like that. I think she was supposed to be still like maybe 20, 21, maybe 19 okay. or something like that. Um, so she was still like a young, a young hero. Um, so... That was cool that they kind of really brought that up. Like, hey, you know, you used to kind of do this thing. You should be the one to kind of talk with all of them. Um, I did think that Iron Lad was cool. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that he was kind of a cool concept there. I wouldn't mind if they kind of brought back an Iron Lad. It doesn't necessarily have to be Kang. But I thought that it was cool that the Young Avengers had like a young Vision, Iron Man kind of mashup. Um, I thought that was really cool. Although I thought that his romance with... 
Cassie was random. <laughs> like, Very, like it just kind of came out. Of, it was like y'all known each other for like two days, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they like kissed and was like, oh my gosh, you know, they just swept up in the moment and 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 was into each other. I thought that was kind of random. Like everything doesn't have to have this like random romance element to it. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was kind of random. Um, but I like, like you said, I liked the first arc. Um, Kang, you know, can be a little messy with his time stuff, but I liked how the team kind of came together and um, everything there. Do you think that that they're going to kill off Ant-Man? I hate to tie this into the MCU, but do you think that they're going to kill off Ant-Man in the MCU and that's how they we get stature, kind of like what happens in this book? Or do you think that they will do something different? Yeah, I can see them killing him off. Then yeah, I think yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, I wonder if she may maybe wants to be stature like in his honor or something like that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with her in in the MCU because like I said, I do kind of like her um, and just her like she just wants to be a hero <laughs> and yeah. and use her and use her powers or whatever. Um, I'm interested to see how they actually end up bringing all the young Avengers together in the MCU. Um, here it felt like they were already halfway brought together because they just kind of wanted to be like the older versions that they model themselves after yeah. um and they kind of come to terms with like no we need to be our own type of hero. yeah yeah um i don't know i kind of i kind of like that i also even liked the the patriot like kind of plot twist there how did you feel about him like not really having powers and then you know the, that kind of coming to light enjoyed it i thought it was like really well done um again i know some people i remember like at the time there were like some comments on the message boards like people were upset that like the black guy had like the drug problem and yeah yeah all of that um but i guess it's already on the page so (laughs) yeah i I completely understand where they're coming from with him having the drug problem or whatever but i thought that it brought some really interesting stuff to his character because he just really wanted to be yeah kind of like his it, like his granddad really it, it wasn't was like about- he was a junkie like drug addict he was like truly trying to aspire to be something great he was doing like the wrong thing for the right reasons and so um yeah. i guess that's why it didn't really bother me as much and like i enjoyed the story and again like just seeing isaiah bradley and that whole like family that Captain America aspect. Like, I, I'm always going to be a little upset about, I think legal issues kind of have pigeonholed Eli from appearing too much. Yeah, there's been some legal things that he's been wrapped up in that he, they kind of don't really have the full rights to him. I think that he mm-hmm. is, he had this, I think that same kind of deal where some of the Milestone characters had where the creator still owns like the way that they can be used or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um and but I, then I think the creator who did this passed away, who created Isaiah Bradley kind of passed away. So then the mm. character then is left up to the estate. And I don't know if Marvel always wants to go through the estate because then they have to be the ones to actually give the kind of the green light for them to use the character. So I know he's been wrapped up in some weird, some weird legal issues. I don't know if those have been completely um, resolved yet or not. I hope so, because yeah. Patriot could be a really cool character yeah. to bring back around now. And we, it would be great. And like I was saying, I was always kind of upset that I was robbed of the fact of getting Eli with Sam as Captain America. And that we got the Oh, Patriot. that would have been dope. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, you know, I really would have loved that. Especially like, again, going back and reading this issue and like the whole time when he's kind of like exposing his face, he's like, no, I'm the son. I'm the grandson of like 
the real Captain America, Isaiah Bradley, and we see all this. I would have loved to see him just kind of dealing with Sam and like seeing that whole group together and just would have been fun. Yeah, that would have been great. Um, hopefully they can get that stuff kind of cleared up so we can get a little bit more Patriot um, in the current in the current comics. Um, so that first half, in my opinion, was pretty good. You get a full established team. You know, they finally decide they're going to be the Young Avengers. Kate Bishop um, uses her daddy's money <laughs> and basically uh-huh. gets them like an old uh, torn down building. And now they got a whole lair and everything. They've got new costumes that they got for them. Um, Wiccan ends up finally admitting to everybody that he's not just like a lightning blasting character, that he's actually able to cast spells and everything. Um, Love it. Love which it. I thought was cool. Um, you know, he didn't want to be the Asgardian anymore. I believe Kate Bishop was like, you should probably change your name because they're going to start clowning you and <laughs> making mm-hmm. gay jokes. <laughs> so let's switch that up into something else. Um, and then we transition into that second arc, which is more about Hulkling and um his whole background and that was not as exciting as the first one um in my opinion but it was still pretty good i liked that you learn more about like the scroll factions and you also in my opinion because i hadn't read this in such a long time it's cool to see where he's come from now like where he came from as far as like not even knowing that he is half kree and have scroll and who his parents are to now he is like the emperor yeah. of, so what, <laughs> of those two factions. So it's like, I will freely admit, I don't see it for Hulkling at all. Like in any iteration of Young Avengers, one shots, miniseries that they have, like he just does not do it for me. But when we got to the beginning of this first arc, I mean the second arc and like at the end of the issue or towards the end of the issue where the scroll like grabs him out of midair and he's like i've got him and it's just like oh he's like running away he's like no i don't want to go i don't want to do this and it's like now look at you you're the king of space right right he completely has become like this kind of scared of his past person and he would rather just establish himself as he said he was a mutant at first i think he thought that he was like a human mutant or something but uh they were like no girl (laughs) <laughs> you, you that's not what you are at all um let's let's clear this all up for you so it's it's been great to see that he's been on this like journey i think that the young avengers as awesome as a team that they are now and it was really cool to see them all together rereading this i do think that unless they all come back together with their own kind of mission statement it does feel like they've all kind of outgrown this now you know mm-hmm. like um, Hulkling and Wiccan are now husbands in space and you know Hulkling is and soon to be guardians of the galaxy and soon to be guardians of the galaxy yes <laughs> um, under Ewing's pen which is probably going to be really dope to see and um, Hawkeye is her own she's fully Hawkeye now which is wild yeah. that throughout this entire series she kept saying like don't call me Hawkeye like I don't want to yeah, be Hawkeye so don't it. call me Hawkingbird like I don't want to be that but now she is fully Hawkeye. She has been on the West Coast Avengers and, you know, she is, I would say pretty like well known now as Hawkeye. Yeah, Um, she is. She is the Hawkeye. Like, I mean, obviously everybody knows Clint, but like they know Kate Bishop too. Exactly. So, um, you know, I feel like everyone at least kind of, that's like half the team anyway, that's kind of like slowly grown out of the, the young Avengers mold. 
Um, yeah. So I think that if they ever brought them all back together, it would I would hope that they had their own kind of mission statement and it wasn't just a getting the band back together kind of moment where they actually were, you know, hey, we can be something greater than just being the young Avengers. We could actually be a team yeah. and, and kind of move forward from there. It's also kind of interesting, like you said, like how half of the team kind of moved on to bigger and better and then the other half has just kind of not um obviously Eli has like legal issues or I feel like he would have um but stature she's kind of had a little bit of a rough ride since yeah. leaving the Young Avengers she died for a period in time didn't she she did yes and then they brought her back I think during uh the children's crusade and then she was kind of stinger for a bit in the Ant-Man books when it was her dad that was Ant-Man um but I don't know where she's been recently um I kind of lost track of her. I don't know where she's been. Yeah, she doesn't really get a lot of like that big name push. Um, I know she was in the Giant Man miniseries during War of the Realms. Um, but that was really it. And then Tommy. Poor Tommy. Poor Tommy. Yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he has a lot of character to him too. So the second half of this, of these 12 issues, you we actually finally are introduced to Tommy and everyone is like, oh my gosh, you look just like Billy. And mm -hmm. of course we end up learning, you know, later that they were twins and the whole Scarlet Witch connection. Um, but it seems as though he was going to be like the reluctant hero who didn't really want to be a part of this because they broke him out of juvie, <laughs> which <Right>. was <laughs> wild to see. Um, but he is another one that's on this team who I don't think gets the same kind of push as as his brother he's got the quicksilver mm -hmm. problem the same way that yeah. <laughs> you know wanda is the one that gets all the attention whereas quicksilver is the one that we i think most of us like or at least well, I, I think i think there's a difference between wanda and wiccan now like there's a reason that wiccan deserves the attention that he gets mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay um, there's a reason for that Let's start there. Um, but no, I would honestly like to see a little bit more of Tommy. Um, I wonder, you know, I wonder if it's just a speedster thing. Mm, that could be a thing. Like, Maybe Marvel doesn't want to like boost up all their speedsters because they don't want that to be a thing or something. They don't, I don't really, know. I mean, because they don't have many. No, when they I don't. think about them. Um, and then the ones that they have, they're never really like utilized that much. No. No, they're not very prominent. But you would think they would want to have at least a couple out there, you know, just to, just to show that they have that power and those types of characters out there but uh, yeah quicksilver doesn't get a lot of play and tommy i think now he's just dating um prodigy i, I think, think right like a uh, on again off again kind of thing they like even that for me felt random like it just felt like they had nothing to do with tommy so they were like well let's just throw him a prodigy <laughs> which yeah i felt like that was kind of random for both characters would you like actually. would you like to see tommy on krakoa because i know i want to see wiccan on krakoa um, yeah, I would love to see Tommy Okokoa just to, just for him to like walk through a gate and be like, now what is going on in this here? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if they're like still supposed to be considered mutants or whatever. I know um, Marvel yeah. likes to eliminate all traces of mutant from anyone and everyone that's not on the X-Men. Right. So. I mean, I don't, always... I don't know if they, I don't know if they were, I don't know if they're mutants anymore or if they ever kind of were ever considered mutants, right? So their only like, real connection to be that would be Wanda. Wanda. And we um, know they're not changing that anytime soon. Okay. I mean, you know, we got a little bit of it in Children's Crusade, like when they met Magneto. 
Um, and then there have been a couple of alternate universes where Wiccan has been like on the X-Men. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, they like consider him a mutant because of that. I think mm-hmm. like he, he was a part of like the Battle of the Atom team during oh, the Bendis run. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to talk too much about that. Uh, <laughs> um, but um, so just going up, I, I personally consider Wiccan a mutant. I don't mm. really care. Okay, you better hold on to it, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I would like him on Krakoa, hanging out with Magneto, forming an awkward relationship, and talking to Polaris, who hates his mom. So Yeah. Yeah. I could see Lorna liking him, but still not seeing it for <laughs> Wanda. Yes. And I also, and I also, and again, I just would like to get Wiccan away from Hulkling because I feel like that's when he gets most of his like character development. And I would love to see again a big part of his thing is that he's trying to find himself and like the type of person he is. And it was like I would love to see that mixed in with like, okay, here are the mutants in this culture. Like, this is who you are. Like, now what are you gonna do with it? Yeah, because he ain't gonna that get was- it with Hulkling out in space. No, he's gonna be out there just you know ironing his shirts <laughs> and being a house husband or something. They just gonna be out there just being gay. Um, but I would like to see more of both of their personalities so that I can say that they have them <laughs> um, instead of them just being a couple. Um, I I think that the Young Avengers like this this entire like run was a lot of fun to read and they it brought back some memories, but I would like to see, I think a lot of them that kind of like grow beyond this, just stature can probably be her own hero in her own right. Um, you know, Patriot could come back. I did like the young vision. It would be cool to see like a young, a young vision out there. And we don't always have to have like old man vision. <laughs> well, that's why we got Viv now. Do you think, oh, okay. um, Fair. what do you think it is about this team that kind of, was able to I, I mean I guess the champions are successful but I guess I don't know if I still put the champions on the same level as the young Avengers um I think what makes them different than the champions is that the young Avengers hit at a time when there wasn't a young team for the Avengers mm-hmm. like the Avengers have never really had sidekicks that was never really been their thing and I think that's always been because Captain America has always been against it because the one time he had a sidekick, he died. So I don't think he's ever really wanted the Avengers or anybody to have their own sidekicks because he didn't want to have that happen again. Um, But these kids were defiant enough to say, I don't, they don't give a shit how Captain America feels, but they're going to do it anyway. So um, I think a lot of that has a lot to do with why they were, able to really like push forward i think the champions also are kind of doing the same thing because they're also like young kids who just want to push forward and they can do their own thing without any kind of hero supervision or whatever i think the difference is that the young avengers all really modeled themselves after avengers whereas the champions were just a group of ragtag heroes who became a team would you like to see so i know you don't want to see this particular group of young avengers together but would you like to see a new young avengers based off of like existing heroes or are you fine with like kind of the champions being like the premier team team of young heroes right now you know i've always felt like the champions could be the equivalent of the teen titans and i would love if the young avengers were the equivalent of the titans so 
we can age up some of these characters and we if they do bring them back together it or they could have their own new name or something like that and you could get other kind of like young versions of heroes or something that we haven't seen yet you know like a a young black panther you know or mm. um you know other kind of characters who we haven't really seen like a teen version of and they are more of the young adult team versus the champions who are more of like the teenage team if that makes okay. sense yeah, so yeah. If, if they ever did get back together they necessarily didn't have to be the young avengers again but it would be cool to see them be the the young adult team who are kind of uh following in the footsteps of the of the older avengers so kind of like a young justice okay uh, okay yeah yeah that's fine i can see that yeah i like that a lot so what, what did you think about all of this like overall young avengers where would you put where would you put them now hmm. like individually or 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 as a team um no i i kind of agree with the statement that i think all of them have grown beyond it um and side note i thought it was funny in issue seven uh, when they were looking at the uh a news report of the young avengers and patriot i think his mask was off or something and um i think it was spider-man spider-man was like oh you know look at this this character or whatever he is out there doing all this stuff and luke cage knew his name already and was patriot and uh spider-man was like how do you know his name and luke was like do you honestly think there are that many black characters where I would know this one? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I thought that was a dope, a dope call out. <laughs> I always love kind of when comics do that. I'll never forget like during Civil War II, um, yeah. Carol's event when War Machine had died. We tried it. Continue. After War Machine had died um, and they were like having his funeral and like all the black heroes kind of like got together to like mourn him together it was just like oh that's so cute and then like showed them like going out to dinner and stuff afterwards it's like i love that yeah. all the, like the characters kind of hang out together behind yeah, the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no um individually yeah. i do agree i think they would all they should all be separate i don't really think any of them fit again that mode of what the young avenger is they were the young avengers they have grown out of it like you said it's kind of that titans thing it's like you kind of have this role as like the junior version of zero and then you become the next thing like robin like even though you see nightwing on the titans all the time sometimes it's still like no i could see maybe stature taking that kind of like the mentor role of a new yeah. young avengers group um oh, just to cool. give her something to do mm -hmm. and um but yeah, I don't need to see them together. I kind of agree. I would like to see like a new iteration of a young Avengers, like a young Black Panther, a young Echo, a young Firebird, a young Jack of Hearts, you know, the tastemaker. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so that could be fun when it comes to the champions. You know, they're cool. They're really good. Yeah. They're like really good. They're like really good-hearted kids. Like, like I think that's, characters that they just yeah. Like that's supposed to be their like thing. They're all just like very good kids. Um, so that's fun. I they're cool. Okay. Yeah. I had like. Did you like this series? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think it should have gone past twelve issues, or did you like that it was a like twelve issue limited series? This was, this was it. I like that it was twelve issues. I like, I like when a writer gets to tell the story they want to tell. Yeah. Um, and so like, I'm always like, you know, I think about like Tom King's vision series, like that was 12 issues, but it was like 12 issues of what he wanted to tell you, you got your beginning, you got your end. Um, 
So I'm grateful for that. We did have the reboot of them together, which I felt like was the next, I mean, not the reboot, but the volume two, which was kind of the next phase of them. Mm -hmm. And that was also a pretty fine story. So yeah, it's something I'd recommend. I'm glad that second arc agreed with you. It wasn't really my favorite. Yeah. But as a whole, and again, as a starting point for where the characters are now, I think it's amazing. I agree. I think if you like these characters and you really want to see kind of where they got their start, this is definitely where you should start. At least read this and you really get a better feel of where they came from compared to where they, all these characters anyway are now. They feel like they've all kind of had like really organic growth to their characters. Yeah. Yeah, they really have. Like when you read this, like I said, like Homegirl didn't even want to be called Hawkeye. <laughs> and now she is yeah. Hawkeye. <laughs> um I feel like a lot of them have really like had some great growth. It really kind of shows you where Marvel's is there constantly just keeps everyone that's supposed to anyway, keep yeah. going forward and, and, and just like growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, they're a great example of that. That was really, that's really good. Now that I'm thinking about it. It's just like, I'm thinking about like, again, even the, except for maybe like Tommy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we have poor Tommy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's like when you kind of think about it, it's like, no, they have all had a very consistent, just like level of this is where they're going. This is how they're doing. This is kind of like the base personality of them and where they all are fits like to where they should have been. It, 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 like nothing feels out of place. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hulkling's King of Space. Like it was, it was kind of random when you thought about it, but it's like when you go back and read the story, it's like, oh no, that actually makes a whole lot of sense. He absolutely yeah. should be the king of space right now. <laughs> if especially if you're gonna have the the Kree and the scrolls get together, who else should lead them then? The okay. half Kree, half scroll <laughs> guy. <laughs> <Just> like, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, good for the young Avengers. What yeah. a team. Yeah, this was a great reread. Um, we'll have to come up with another great one like this that was okay. really in the spot, especially considering, you know, um, next week we'll be talking about WandaVision episodes three and four. And um, we recently got some name drops of some of these Young Avengers. So um, <laughs> this was really cool to see to see them there where, where I hope we get to <laughs> in the MCU, yeah. you know, and with specifically with those two characters. So I think that was a lot of fun. All right, well, that was the reread. Uh, all right, all right, y'all. So that is the end of the show. Um, feel free to tweet us at another relaunch on Twitter. You can send us emails at another relaunch at gmail.com. Send us any kind of feedback, questions, anything you want to do. If you have characters you want us to relaunch, uh, definitely send those over to us. Or uh, if you have your own relaunches, we can read them out loud on the show. You can find me at Uncanny LZ on most social media platforms. Um, I'm out there. Uh, Keenan, where can they find you? You can find me at Keenan Lance with an underscore at the end. Yes, yes. You still working on that name or are you, are you settled? No, we're still working on it. Give me like <laughs> <laughs> you, know how I, you know how I operate. Give me like another I know how you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll workshop something out. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Thanks.